It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You have got to be excited about this. The new Impact World Champion. Listen, it's got to be one of the proudest moments of your life. But you have something else in store for us coming up in September 5th. Listen, man, the AEW World Championship. That's the big moment. Tell me something. How, say, how do you feel? I feel great. And you know what? I'll tell you right now. This little bit of the bubbly is damn cold, but it is hot tonight in Pittsburgh, baby. Now, Mark, man, I love you. I'm so glad you're here, by the way. I said I was going to take Kenny's titles, and I was going to start with the Impact Championship. But guess what? Kenny Omega is as advertised. He is one of the toughest guys I've ever been in that ring with, and he's so talented. So if I thought beating him for this Impact Championship was going to be hard, it's going to be nearly impossible for me to win that AEW World Heavyweight Championship. But I'm living in your head right now, aren't I, Kenny? You know what can be done. You know I can beat you, and it's going to happen at All Out. All Out, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to have a new champion. Christian, congratulations, man. I'm so happy for you, man. And I'm so happy for you as well, Christian. Uh, Mark Henry there. Super happy for Christian at the end of uh, what was an amazing episode of Rampage, which we will get to in a bit. I'm Dr. Damien Gibson. I'm the, your host uh, here at uh, WrestleWolf Studios. Welcome, brother dudes and brother dudettes. Uh, late again this week. Sorry about that. This one literally could not be avoided. I got a text message from the government down here in Australia that uh, I'd been in close contact of someone who had COVID. Uh, so there was a 36-hour period where I thought maybe I might have COVID and uh, yeah, had to go and get tested. Got the test results this morning. I don't, thank God. Um, I am vaccinated, but was still uh, still fucking terrifying. So um yeah anyway you guys don't need to hear about that there will be an addition to uh the random people that i mention in the podcast uh matt who is still a co-host of the podcast technically but just does not have the time to do the podcast at the moment paul who's kind of the news hound uh who will send me uh tidbits and stories and stuff and i'd like to add to the roster kelly who is my uh girlfriend uh, who watched some wrestling with me during the week. She wouldn't really have a choice, but uh, we'll get to that when we get to Rampage as well. Uh, so there, if you hear me mention those three people, that's who they are. They're the players. Let's get into the podcast, shall we? 
Now, I just want to, I, I tend to mention other uh, channels and stuff. And for the most part, everyone's just doing their thing, right? Everyone's trying to get views and, and clicks and blah, 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 blah. And, uh, you know, there's the Jim Cornettes of the world who go about it in a way that I am not a fan of. And then there's like the English boys who I'm, I usually am quite big fans of. You've got your wrestle talks, your cultaholics, your what cultures, and the majority of those guys who work on those channels I, I really like I you know but I just had a moment with the what culture podcast this week and I just want to point it out and it's kind of part of a larger trend uh, with podcasts that I just really really fucking don't like uh, and it's kind of bringing um, well there, there's bigger podcasts who, who will sort of have a go at their listeners. Uh, that that just you know that, this is an automatic unsubscribe for me these days. Where I'm just like fuck you, man. Like genuinely, you know, you're gonna bitch and moan about people tweeting you when they're the ones that essentially pay your wages. If they're that bad, just block them. I don't want to hear about it on the podcast. You know what I mean? Uh, but this in particular goes to Jack the Jobber uh, on Cultaholic. Um, I just do you know like couple of things so just to give some uh background the the guys do a three-hour podcast and i know that it was sort of this these comments would have been made tongue-in-cheek probably maybe but on cold holic i constantly hear them complaining about how people get in contact with them about not doing aw shows which whatever programming they want to do that's that's their right whatever but they're constantly saying that uh people don't people didn't watch it so we don't do it I just as a counterpoint to that, I would be like, well, did you ever stop to think that maybe the WWE product's so bad that people are watching you instead of watching WWE? <laughs> and maybe the people who, you know, like, I, I just don't get that. I mean, if you've got more content on the, on the channel, it's an opportunity to have more advertising. It feels like, you know, it feels like a conscious decision to be like, yeah, we don't want to talk about that, you know? And then Jack made this little snide comment of like, oh, well, I can't wait until AEW are going to be big. It's going to happen anytime soon. As soon as CM Punk and Daniel Bryan arrive, whew, they're going to go through the roof. Um, well, Rampage beat NXT this week, man. So AEW's second show beat WWE's third show. Um, and as I keep saying every week, they're only two years old. W the WWE are 45 years old. Well, longer, but Vince's reign is about 45 years old. So, um, but that's cool. If you don't want to future-proof your channel, um, that's fine. Do whatever you want. Uh, also, I, you know, I would just be a little bit wary about blatantly, uh, you know, having a go at AEW um, and then constantly talking about how sad it is when bad things happen at WWE. Maybe don't propagate WWE by constantly talking about them all the time. You know, anyway, it's my little uh, two cents there. I just I heard it just before I started recording, and it really stuck in my craw, and I couldn't uh, couldn't not let it go. So there we go. Um, no real news to talk about this week. The there wasn't a second round of releases, uh, which I did say on last week's episode. There the, there were rumors around that that would happen. Uh, thankfully, it hasn't. Um, you know, uh, I. You know, I just, 
Yeah, man. I mean, I'm at a point now where I just I just genuinely feel bad for anyone who works for that company. <laughs> I just I really do. Uh you know, I just you know, it just sounds like such a fucking toxic place. Um and uh I mean, it's just weird, man. You know, if if AW's doing 1.1 and Raw's doing 1.5 you know, I just wonder why channels like Cultaholic wouldn't be getting as many people watching the AEW show as the WWE show. It just doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's weird, guys. Maybe have a think about that. Um, and also, like, uh, you know, WrestleTalk do an AEW show, What Culture do an AEW show. So. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What are they doing that you're not? Um, I mean, I used to hear Pachidi's streams when he would do NXT and we just could, like, almost dismiss watching AEW. It says, oh, I don't, you know, people don't want to get into AEW. People don't watch AEW content. Well, if you don't make it, no one's going to watch it. You know? Anyway. Um... Right, so what do we want to talk about? Um, we'll start off with Dynamite. I thought uh, Dynamite this week was fine. Yeah, so Dynamite, uh, yeah, thought it was fine. Um, I don't know. I thought it was solid, actually. I thought, it, you know, there was quite a bit that happened. Um, a lot of people talking about Dante Martin in the... <clears throat> the initial tag team match uh, with the side Alma uh, mothers uh, brothers versus the elite. This is a continuing conversation that I have with both Matt and Paul in regards to Dante Martin. And I know that I am in, like Matt said to me during the week, it's like, you're the only Mark, <laughs> you're the only Smark that I know who doesn't get into Dante Martin. And, uh, I can't explain why. He just doesn't grab me. He reminds me of... I mean, I'm not an idiot. I can see his in-ring ability. Um, and it's stupendous, obviously. But there's just something about... He, he reminds me of Jeff Hardy, in a way. Where, like, his in-ring ability is phenomenal... But there's just something about his personality that will never really grab me that much. I think I've mentioned a few other wrestlers who people love that I have a similar thing with. Like uh, Cesaro is one. Even Seth Rollins a little bit. I've never really, you know, I've always just been like, eh, yeah, I can see what you're doing. I know, I know Dolph Ziggler's another one. Like, I can see that you are good. Like, I can see Sheamus is probably another one. Like, I can see that you're good at what you do, but you, Jeff Hardy as well has always been someone where I've been like, uh, yeah, I know you're phenomenal in ring, but you just, I don't know. I need to be involved in you as a character. I just can't. I know Dante Martin's like 14 or something ridiculous like that. So I'm not going to completely write him off yet. But just at the moment, I you know, and there's also an element of like, uh, you know, everyone is just totally in love with him and blown away by him. And there's a part of me that's like, I, I refuse to just jump on the bandwagon. 
Um, we got uh, Darby Allen and Sting up in the rafters. That's uh, pretty cool. Miro cutting awesome promos as usual. Of course, we had Dynamite and Rampage coming from Pittsburgh or Britsburgh, as Britt Baker renamed it during the week. Um, yeah, interesting, interesting sort of little feud with Red Velvet here, um, which I will talk about more later on. But God, the crowd, you know, if that, if this match, at, or, you know, the match that ended up being on Rampage, but the, the build-up to the match was just a Daly's place in front of no crowd, it would have been a pretty meh um, thing. I mean, it still would have been good because it's AEW and they do good, solid work no matter what, basically. Um, but in front of a crowd in Pittsburgh, it was just played perfectly. Uh, we had the Impact Tag Team Champions, Good Brothers versus uh dark order good brothers retained there uh qt marshall this was probably the low point for me was this qt marshall big show um segment promo i just want it by this stage guys uh, you know i think everyone knows my opinion on qt marshall and it's not good I don't see any redeeming features. I mean, it's one of these things where it's like, oh, but he's a nice guy, you know, and he's done so much behind-the-scenes work and people love him and blah, 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 blah. And I just don't, you know, I don't um, subscribe to that. I, I just don't. If you're not good enough to be on TV, you shouldn't be on TV. And now we've got this um, story where, like, the big show is going to wrestle QT Marshall. Does anyone want to see that anybody at all because I, I, yeah if you do let me know <laughs> like because i just can't imagine that anyone's going oh fuck i hope big show wrestles qt marshall at all out um i'm not adverse to the idea of big show doing a match at a pay-per-view like as a sort of one-off thing um and i like the fact i like the idea of him defending Tony Schiavone's honor. I thought like two thirds of this promo was great, but QT Marshall is the main heel in it, so it sucks. Uh, the five labors of Jericho. We had Wardlow versus Jericho, which I think Matt messaged me and said uh, that this is the best that you could expect to get from this match. And I think that's a pretty succinct um, analysis of it. it. It was, you know, um, you were never going to get a five star. Tokyo Dome match out of these two, but it was good. It was good, solid match, and and MJF's next uh, at All Out. Um, and I'm as much as I've been enjoying. I mean, this Chris and and MJF uh, feud's been going on forever, and I've been really enjoying it. But by the time by end of All Out, it's time to pull the trigger and just get Chris to lose to MJF and um have mjf become the number one heel in the company um and then that was about it for dynamite so yeah but maybe solid maybe i'll downgrade it to a solid uh but it was still fun there was an element with dynamite where it did feel like they are now filming a three-hour show and um everything was leading up to rampage you know, it's like, well, if there's going to be something good, it's going to be on Rampage. And so it kind of felt like that did steal away from Dynamite a little bit. Um, and I do worry about that. 
I really do worry about that. I know um, the argument that's put to me is, well, you know, if there's two shows and there's three hours of programming a week, then that gives the huge roster that they've got more ability to to show their wares. So I understand that. Um, but I just, I think you end up with things like this because you have to film everything in front of the same audience, right? Like AEW doesn't have the ability to be doing fucking rampage in one city and, and dynamite in another. I don't think unless they are, I should probably look that up before I start saying that. If they do do that, then I do do, uh, I don't have as big a problem with it. It's just like, how do you, if you're filming both shows in the one city, how do you not rob Peter to pay, pay Paul, if you know what I'm saying? Like, you, yeah, I suppose, yeah. Because then you're going to have a main event. Like, let's say you've got, I don't know, like in, in three months' time, let's say you've got Kenny Omega versus Daniel Bryan ends up being the main event for Dynamite. And then people go mental for that match. And then the next, and then the, you're going to film the next match for Rampage, which might be, I don't know, Evil Uno versus Ricky Starks um, in a squash match or something. And the crowd's just going to be dead, you know? I just, I do worry about that a little bit. Um, Impact. Let's go to Impact. Really, really good episode of Impact this week. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I really, really enjoyed this. Uh, Tennille Dashwood uh, got a win over Taylor Wilde. Uh, Madison Rain came back and um, and celebrated with with Tennille. So that was pretty cool. An excellent X Division champion. Uh, Sorry, an X Division match with champion Josh Alexander versus Davari. Davari's still wrestling, man. He looks great. So good. Uh, Josh Alexander got the win here, uh, but then Jake something came out and was like, hey, I'd like a shot of that X Division, motherfucker. Uh, what else do we have on Impact? Uh, Big LG, Luke Gallows wants uh, a match against. Um, Joe Doring, big Hoss match on Impact this week, which I'm actually kind of I'm into that. You know, I would like to see that. Um, they're very good at making a meal out of very few ingredients on Impact. You know, like you kind of... There's, there was this old show called Surprise Chef. I think it was called Surprise Chef uh, here in Australia, and I'm sure it was nicked from an American format. But it was on afternoon TV and this uh, Chef Christos would appear and he would um, at your house and whatever you had in the in your fridge and, and pantry, he would make a meal from that. And I always kind of feel like Impact is kind of the Christos of, uh, Christos of uh, wrestling. You know, it's like, oh, well, we've got a, <laughs> got a Matt Cordona over here and a Joe Deering over, Joe Doring over here and voila, he's a pretty decent episode of wrestling tv uh kenny omega cut a really great promo with um uh don Callis. basically you know the typical heel thing of like our oh, impact aren't protecting me the way they should be um you know i'm not very happy about this i gotta wrestle christian tomorrow night on rampage it's you know an ad for rampage but really good promo those two work so well together and uh 
I've got to say, Don Callis's pink scarf and pink boots with the black suit is just... I just can't. Just can't. Um... Yeah, uh, so Finjuice... Yeah, fuck, man, this match. Finjuice versus... Uh, so I'm just reading my notes here. Finjuice uh, defeated the uh, Bullet Club, basically. Jay White and Chris Bay uh, by disqualification because Jay White just got sick of wrestling for real and was like, fuck this, I'm just going to beat up Finjuice. Um, it's weird to have maybe the hottest heel in japan come and do mid-card stuff in impact i mean the forbidden door era is so weird and wonderful man it's so great i messaged matt while i was watching this and was like i fucking love this forbidden door universe of wrestling man i just love it so much um what else happened uh really good promo from christian on impact about his legacy and how he owes impact um and he's going to bring the belt back to impact uh and then we had the uh, battle royale for the number one contendership um for the to wrestle whoever won the championship on rampage if that makes sense um which was won by brian myers which you know, if you've been watching Impact for the last two or three months, him and Matt Cordona have had like a nice little storyline going, which I wasn't a big fan of at first. I will admit that because it was just this weird thing where like these two best friends who run a business together were pretending like they didn't really know each other, you know, like sort of thing. They did address that after a few weeks. and um, But yeah, I, I, I like Brian Myers. I think he's an underrated wrestler. Um, he's trained a lot of wrestlers that are going around at the moment that people love. Um, I don't think he's going to beat Christian for the belt, but they'll put on a good match, man. That's two workers uh, in a number one contenders match. That that match is probably right on impact, though. You know, like not to not to smack impact in the face too much but that that would not be an AEW main event but it is definitely an impact main event and um yeah i'm really looking forward to to seeing that pay-per-view whatever it's called effervescence or remembrance or what's it called emergence <laughs> demo uh and now rampage rampage man this i kind of want all wrestling shows to go for an hour I remember when NXT went from an hour to two hours and it really dragged. It really, really dragged. And the only thing I think about Rampage maybe is that if they... I don't think it will continue to have as quality a card as this one did. Um, but if they do continue to do that, it might hurt Dynamite a little bit. Um, but anyway, I mean, the roster's so big. They've got so many stories. I, I don't want to be Captain Negative. Let's just talk about how great this is. There was a, a pretty much a, a half an hour match between Kenny Omega and Christian. Dude, you know, I, there, there was a lot of pushback. I hope Matt doesn't m mind me mentioning this, but he was very anti-Christian being in the main event at All Out. I think this, I think Brampage and the Impact Belt um soothed him somewhat um and then there were a lot of people online who were going 
just to clarify for you know i sort of talk on matt's behalf feel bad about it but he was just like ah man i just don't know if christian's you know like main event you know like he's just a bit old and blah 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 um i think i think he is i think this was great like i think having him on in the first match on rampage is a big deal having him win the impact belt is also a great use of him and he can be on AEW and impact um i also think like it's a really nice way to give someone who deserves that moment in the sun that he never got in connecticut even the second time around even the second like even the fucking second time around man vince was fucking throwing shade on christian with edge you know like it was just like you know like christian came back and was like oh fuck christian's back are they gonna they're gonna get the tag team back together so it's like just didn't use him at all you know it was all about edge it just you know um so christian fucked off and went somewhere where people actually wanted him and he's been rewarded for that and i think that's really nice it was I think once it happened, I think once this match happened and Christian won, people realized like, oh, yeah, actually, I am pretty happy that Christian won a championship in front of, you know, a giant audience. And, um, yeah, there was just a lot of sort of snide comments of like, mm, that's not the pop that AEW would have been looking for, not naming any names, Sean Ross Sapp. And there's just a part of me that's like, that's coming from you because you don't want to see that particular wrestler you know like it's like oh well it's not like i think there's still people who got their noses out of joint because christian wasn't seeing punk when he <laughs> when he came out you know um i'm not talking about you matt by the way just for the record but it was just i don't know it's just sort of this weird entitled wrestling fandom thing of like oh, suppose that's cool i love i love this like i love i love the match i love the fact that kenny omega put christian over especially when i'm sure you know kenny w- would have been you know as a young canadian dude would have loved edge and christian i have always had a soft spot for christian i always kind of loved the sidekick more than you know i always love robin more than batman i love nightwing more than batman i'm a weirdo when it comes to that sort of thing but Christian, obviously, you, know, you just hear story after story after story that he is a great dude and 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 doesn't really fuck people over, which is a hard thing to come by in wrestling and has, you know, had to graft, you know, in the sense of like once he got to the top tier, he's had to work very hard to get himself in front of people and to win them over. And I just thought it was really nice for him to, to get the opportunity to, to do that. I understand the CM Punk and Daniel Bryan are on the way. I understand that uh, having Christian in the title picture for a long period of time can make look AEW make AEW look a little bit like a retirement home for WWE wrestlers, even though WWE is a retirement home for WWE wrestlers. Um, but yeah, I, I I just thought this match was was great, and and Christian's promo afterwards was fantastic. Um, and it is now built up that match at all out you know it's a champion versus champions match uh, it's just i just thought it was great booking i thought it was great booking i thought it was a really nice way to to by tony khan and the evps to essentially give christian 
the respect he deserves. You know, after 20 whatever years, it's been 25 years of entertaining us and putting his body on the line. It's nice to just put a belt on him and say, hey, man, you know, you're one of the top guys. I thought that was really cool. Um, Yeah, we had God's Favorite Champion versus Fuego Del Sol. This was another great... You just... You would not see this on WWE. I mean, you would see a squash match like this, but you would not see the aftermath. So, Fuego got uh, got a bit of offense in on, on Miro, which I didn't think was going to happen at all. Eventually, Miro uh, squashes him, and then t- because uh, Fuego was... Uh, wrestling for an AEW contract, Miro rips up the contract. Then you get Sammy Guevara come down with Tony Khan and then Sammy Guevara hands over the the contract. Now, this is the moment where Kelly, my girlfriend, walks in and is like, oh, no, like, you know, kind of being a smart ass, like, oh, no, his contract. Anyway, she sits down and watches the next two minutes of, <laughs> of the show and she goes, she gets really quiet and then she, like, turns around and looks at me and I'm like, and both of us had like tears in our eyes from this segment at the end. Uh, yeah, just great, just great booking. Everyone played their part really well. Sammy Guevara is so comfortable in front of the camera now, which you could not say that two years ago when the show started. But he's great. Um, yeah, and great for Fuego. That's like such a long storyline as well it's been going on for like a year of like he hasn't won a match and even sammy said that you're like one in 50 but who cares these people love you such a nice you know it's just nice sometimes nice things happen on dynamite and it's you know makes you want to watch the show jack the jobber um I'm going to stop that. I really do like the Cultaholic guys. I, I just, it was just the tone and I was in a bad mood. I've been stressed down. I'm sorry, Cultaholic guys. But seriously, if you don't make the AEW content, no one's going to watch it. You know, it's a chicken and the egg thing, guys. Um, Yeah, and of course we had the women's match. So uh, Kelly watched this whole thing and was really into it. Um. She wanted Red Velvet to win, and so I had to break up with her and kick her out of the house because, guys, we all know that it's it's all about Britt Baker, D-M-D. Uh, this was... Um, I, didn't, I didn't break up with her. Um, Kelly, not Britt Baker. I'm not going out with Britt Baker. Anyway, this is getting very confusing. I thought this match was... Um, Look, in as far as in-ring work is concerned, I think Red Velvet's still got a, a, a long way to go. I think she's quite good. I think for her to be at a main event level, which AEW actually obviously want her to be, um, she's not quite there yet. And, you know, as we always say on this podcast, we try really hard not to talk about the wrestlers in ring work because we've never taken a bump in our lives and what the fuck we don't even know and blah, blah, blah. But when you've watched enough wrestling, you can see where the... When, wrestlers aren't getting to the spots at the right time and all that kind of thing um and that was happening a little bit in this match but they did tell a good story a a good enough story to um hold the attention of someone in kelly my girlfriend who just 
doesn't really care about wrestling at all um and uh and and for me as well i, re- I really enjoyed it i mean we all knew really you know, that brit baker was not going to lose she wasn't going to lose that belt well, she's not going to lose that belt for a long time she definitely wasn't going to lose it on rampage in pittsburgh in the main event um but yeah she she's just there's not many even though the the AEW's women's division is getting stronger and stronger all the time i i don't know if there's many women who can go with her at the moment i think sunder rose is probably one but they're holding off on that feud which is probably fair i think they'll probably go with that after all out chris statlander would be the other woman that i would point out who i think is ready you know she looks so comfortable she looks great i mean she just physically looks amazing she's looked amazing since she's come back from injury i love her gimmick man i I really love her gimmick uh i love the way that she looks at the moment as well she's so relaxed being in with the best friends and everything um and uh for her to get involved in the in the brit baker um story uh i think is is a great is a great thing and i i hope that leads to a statlander versus baker match at all out which i think it will and i think that will be stupendous jamie hater uh coming out was also a moment i don't think it was as big a moment as aw were hoping for only because you know, I have a podcast essentially about AEW and I love it and I barely, I'll be honest, I don't remember Jamie Hayter at all. So when she came to the ring, I was like, I don't know who this is. It wasn't like Daniel Bryan, you know, like it wasn't like, oh my God, it's Brett the Hitman Hart. It was like, oh, it's Jamie Hayter. You know, look fine, but, um, you know, just you're not going to get a huge pop when the majority of the people in the audience don't really know who who that is. I'm sure we'll all come to be into Jamie Hayter and and stuff, but for me personally, I was just like, I don't know who that is. I'm going to quickly look her up so I'm not embarrassing myself. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't mean she doesn't mean much to me, but um, you know, cool, great. I'm sure she's great. I'm sure we'll get to uh, we'll get to love her over time. Uh, I'm pretty much done, guys. I just want to say one other thing is that uh, you can get uh, Team Wrestle Wolf T-shirts, or uh, I was going to make a dumb joke about a feud with Colt Holly. Um, the commentary team on Rampage was such a breath of fresh air for me. Oh my god. Jericho and Taz with Excalibur. I think Mark Henry can probably piss off. Uh I don't think he was bad. He didn't annoy me or anything, but I think him just doing the interviews and stuff is fine. You don't need four people on a commentary team. I mean, Jesus Christ, we end up with eight people on a commentary team. The commentary team are there to tell a story. And you can't have... That's why in most stories we have one protagonist or one narrator telling the story. 
it's very difficult to tell the story through two people, let alone three people. Um, and, and just this tendency to have three commentators. I mean, I know a lot of it is to like give people a paycheck and blah, 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 blah. But I, th I think if you s just kept it at Excalibur, Taz and Christian, uh, sorry, Excalibur, Jericho and Taz, it would be perfect. And it was just, even Matt said to me at the end of it, it's like, you know, with the commentary guys, it is really nice to hear three or four people on the commentary desk sound like they're into wrestling or at least this kind of wrestling. I'm like, JR, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, man, it makes a huge difference. It's a part of the, it's a massive part of the presentation. And it's, and it's been a part of AEW's presentation that's been lacking since JR's been on the commentary desk. I'm sorry. Come at me, you know, at me on Twitter, man. If you don't agree with me, I just, you know, what's the point? If you, if you were running, you know, a business and someone came in every day and they were just constantly, you know, getting things wrong and bitching about the job and like complaining to customers about the company and stuff, you would fire them, you know, whether they were in a big black hat or not, you know, you would fire them. Anyway, it'll happen eventually. I'm going to leave it there, guys. Um, thank you for supporting the podcast. The audience is continually growing. Like our audience is up 180% over the last three weeks. So I really do thank you for that. Um, I will continue to be making this content. I promise I won't start wars with any of your favorite YouTube channels from now on. I just, that attitude is a bit smug and a bit um, short-sighted and uh you know you just be careful that like there's a hell of a lot of aw fans who are listening to your youtube podcasts and um i know matt from botchamania had some run-ins with aw over copyright stuff so there's probably that bad taste in the mouth but you know if you don't make the content people aren't going to watch it but uh, i'll leave it there guys until next week, may your wrestling be good wrestling and good night.